Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Joel this morning shared about his story about his chemistry class when he was in college. You know, I have one too, and I believe the Lord would like me to share it. I took chemistry my sophomore year, and I've shared it before. I, have, I don't have the easiest time memorizing things. Now, I have stories and the Word of God in my heart, but when you got to put it in your head, I didn't do very well at that. And but what the trouble I had in, in the university was things like I had a real hard time knowing the difference between a Byzantine column and a uh, Corinthian column and a Roman column and a Greek column, and you had to memorize exactly which ones were different. That I had a hard time with. But the other things, any applications, I got straight A's. In fact, I was one of the few students that would prefer to do an essay test than the multiple choice test because I did so much better with application. Now, I'm in, I'm in chemistry. I get sit down. It's one of those courses back in, uh, I won't tell you back when, but uh, it was a TV program, and the first thing the guy said was, you're going to have to memorize the element table. Oh, my God, I thought I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. I went, to the, I went through the course about three weeks, three or four weeks, and I was flunking, major, flunking. This is my sophomore year. I dropped the class. I dropped the course. Now, during this time, I am seeking God the best of my knowledge. I am tithing because I knew that that's what God wanted me to do. I was doing the things that I believed God wanted me to do. So I'm in a situation here. I need some help. Well, for the, uh, it had been talked to several years that Akron University was going to switch from the quarters to the semester system because people were taking other courses from other colleges and they were in the semester season or system and we were all screwed up. So they decided my, the end of my sophomore year, we are going to switch from the quarter system to the semesters. No problem. They sent out a uh, a new paper, and they said, all this that you've done these last two years, we're going to put through, we're going to look at, we're going to assess, and we're going to tell you, you did this many hours under the quarter system, that's, that's going to be this many hours on the semester system. And these requirements that you had to have in the quarter system, we're going to assess your, your, you know, your, your classes you're taking, and we'll tell you what you are required to do for the rest of your time here in the next two years. So I go to my counselor. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to have to take chemistry sometime. So I'm thinking, uh, it's going to be tough. I'll do it in the summertime all by itself. So I don't have anything else to be concerned about. I'm putting myself through college. I'm working. So I don't get days and days to study. And this was going to be a major deal. So I sit down with my counselor, and she hands me the paper, and she said, this is what you've done these quarters. You know, you've been here these many quarters. Now, this is the, the amount of hours you've got. Now, this is what you are required for the next two years, the semesters. And I look at it, and, she's, and she said that instead of four sciences, we're going to be required three. And, and that was, she looked, I look at it, and it says on my paper, it says, no more science required. I knew that was a mistake. Did I say anything? Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I looked at it and it said, no more science required. Well, the only science I had left I had to take was chemistry. Well, it said on this, my assessment of the university said, you don't have to take chemistry. 
you know what? I kept my mouth shut for two whole years, and I never said anything to anybody until that diploma was in my hand. You know what God will do for you? He will change a whole university for you if you are in obedience to him. If you are in obedience to God, he will change anything he needs to change. And I have my degree, and I didn't have to take chemistry. Now, if you will turn with me to Hebrews 5, we're going to talk about obedience for just a minute. Okay, Hebrews 5, 7. This is talking about Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications, this is Jesus, in the days of his flesh, when he was down here as a man, he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. You mean Jesus had to pray? You mean Jesus had to believe God like we do? Yes. He had to pray. He had to believe God. He had to walk in obedience just like we have to. In verse 8, though he were a son, Though he were a son, remember, this is the God that was with God and was, uh, what is it? He was God and he was with God and now he becomes a man. And it says, though he were a son, yet, yet learned he obedience. Learned he obedience. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus come to earth. This is the man that was born in Bethlehem. This is the man that was born of a virgin. This is the man that John said, look, here comes our lamb. He had to learn obedience. He had to learn obedience. It says, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Turn with me to Philippians 2.8, a verse we're all familiar with, but I want to put it on here. And being found in fashion as a man, <clears throat> this is Jesus, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. The Messiah humbled himself and became obedient, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus had to become obedient. We, we do the same. Now, turn with me to John 15, verse 10. This is what Jesus had to do. He said, and this he's talking to us. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. You get that? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. How do we keep his commandments? We obey his commandments. We do what his commandments tell us to do. That's all. We do the commandments. That's obeying. Well, right here, Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Look at this next statement. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Did you know that Jesus could have gone outside the love of the father? Do you know that Jesus could have gone outside of the love of the father? Jesus could have been disobedient. He could have been disobedient. Where would we have been if he was? Let's go to John. I mean, let's go to Matthew 26. We're going to see an opportunity he had to be disobedient. Matthew 26, verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus, 
and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them were with, were, which were with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword, struck a servant of the high priest, and smote off his ear. And Jesus said unto him, Put up thy sword unto the place, his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Look at this next statement. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father? And he will presently give me more than 12 legions of angels to fight for me. Do you see Jesus had the opportunity here to get out of this and to be disobedient? To be disobedient. He had the ability. This is a man. This is a man. This is not God in the garden. This is a man. And he's telling Peter, don't you think I can ask God and God will give me, even at this moment, 12 legions of angels. 12 legions. Wouldn't that be a party? 12 legions of angels. Betty, what does he say? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 1. This is talking about us, but it also shows you what, about Jesus. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tingling symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and look at this next statement, and though I have all faith, though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. What did Jesus have to do? He had to stay in the Father's love. He had the ability. He had the faith. He had the faith to call 12 legions of angels, and he didn't. Why? To stay in the Father's love. He had to stay in the Father's love. Turn with me to John 10. Verse 17, therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received from my father. Jesus had to obey the Father. You know, we were, um, I've heard, I've heard ministers say, well, I'm just going to take my faith and do this. You know, Jesus didn't do that. I'm going to take my, I'm going to believe God and this and this is going to happen. You know, Jesus didn't do that. He stayed in the Father's love. I remember back in Frisco, there was a time where my car was dying and I knew I was going to have to get another one. And the father spoke to me and he said, I want you to believe me and pay cash for your next, next vehicle. You know, I had the credit. I was a teacher. I could have gone out and bought a brand new car. No problem. Brand new car. But you know what the father told me? He said, I want you to believe me and I want you to pay cash. You know what? I knew I didn't have the faith to buy a brand new car. I knew where my faith was at. I knew I wasn't going to get a nice-looking used car either. I knew where my faith was. 
And I knew what I could believe for. In fact, now that I remember, I was still in the sign business because I remember where the money came from. And I thought, all right, Father, I will humble myself and I will be obedient. You know, my dad called me a couple days later. He said, I'm getting ready to, visit, uh, to get rid of my van. Would you like it? I asked him how much it was going to be. You know what he said? $1,500. I didn't even have 15 at the time, but I had 1000 I said, I'll tell you what, Dad, I'm going to send you 1000 and I'll send you the 500 in a couple weeks. He said, car's yours. Car's yours. You know, at, at first I thought, Dad, why don't you just give it to me? What are you going to make me pay for it for? Because that's not like him. Because it was God. Because God told me, believe me for the money and buy the car. I bought it. I brought it home. Everybody knows it. My son used to call it the silver bullet. It was not the, it was a, what a, a, I can't even remember what year it was. It was a late model van. But you know what? That car, uh, that car never had a problem with it for two years. Never had a problem. I think it was one or two years. I knew. I knew I had obeyed God. And you know what I knew in my heart after that happened? I knew the next one was going to be more. I told God, all right, I know this one's not going to last forever. I said, the next one, I'm going to believe you're 10 times as much as this one is. The car I get next time is going to be worth 10 times what this one is. You know what? This car, it came time to get another one. You know what? I believe God, the money came. The money came. And I remember I only had $10,000, but I went and I bought another van. It was a beautiful van. I loved that car. It was very well kept. You know, I, I bought it for $10,000 cash. We did. You know what I found out after I brought it home? I looked it up. That car was worth 10 times my first one. It was worth 15000 Why? Because I obeyed God. There are times when you have to obey God that it doesn't look right. It doesn't look like your faith. You, you don't have the faith. It doesn't look right to people around you. In fact, it looks just totally opposite. But that's obedience. Jesus had the faith to bring in 12 legions of angels, but he didn't. He was going to stay in the Father's love. And there are times when you will have to walk in obedience that it looks crazy to everybody else. But you know what? It's obedience, and it's in the love of God. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.